All right, all right, take your seats, everyone. This time we're talking about timelines. Take your seats, please. Thanks. This is the Change Academy podcast, a show where we explore what it takes to create a healthy mindset, sustainable habits, and the strategies to create the life that you want to live. I'm Monica Reinagle. And I'm Brock Armstrong. You know, some changes happen quickly, but most significant changes take some time. And it's important that your time frame for success is appropriate to the size of your goal. Otherwise, you may not be able to see or even appreciate the progress that you're making, and that can lead us to doing all kinds of crazy things. So in this episode, we have a few ideas for how you can make sure that your time frame for success is aligned with the scale and the type of your goal. But first, we like to talk about things that we're working on or things that you guys are working on, and this time, I believe we have a Thanksgiving adventure from one of the people that we coach for weight loss. Yes, that's right. We got a, a report back from one of the folks that we work with about her, yeah, her Thanksgiving adventure. <laughs> Here's what she said. I used the Thanksgiving week to experiment with building trust in myself. Nice. So right off the bat, I was so happy to see this. She said, I planned and I looked forward to my pumpkin pie treat on Thanksgiving day. But when that time came, I deliberately decided to have more than I originally planned. I think we've all been there, right? Yeah. Afterwards, she said, I felt uncomfortably full, which I really disliked. But more importantly, I realized that that overindulgence had triggered feelings of self-loathing. We've all been there as well, I think. Right. And she said, for decades, that would have been the moment when I went down a path of self-sabotage. But mm. this time, I talked myself through what was going on, and I used the tools that I've learned to plan my next moves. So I love that. Instead of just kind of wallowing in what just had happened, she's looking forward. Okay, what happens next? Yeah. So when I got home, she says, I hopped on the scale, but I didn't flip out by seeing those numbers and then go into a further backslide. I just got back to my home court routine and I am emotionally okay. I cannot express, she said, the magnitude that this change is for me. The practical tools in our Way Less program and the self-talk discussed in the Change Academy podcast are really helping me build self-confidence. Hooray! How much do I love this? I got goosebumps and I've read this at least five times already. <laughs> right. right, and this is such a good insight that we have to actually build that trust, build that confidence. And in order to do that, we have to kind of put ourselves... Well, not in harm's way, maybe, but in positions where we're going to have to make some choices, right. take some risks, you know, and we may not always get it right. But even though this didn't go perfectly the way she had planned, she had a couple real keystone moments where she was able to kind of stop and and not continue down that well-worn path, which we're going to be talking about in just a minute, that well-worn path. So indeed, really want to give this person tons of credit for the work that they were doing and her willingness to experiment over the holiday weekend. Good for you. Planned experiments, the best kind of experiments. I <laughs> yeah. love it. But yeah, I just referenced, we're going to be talking a little bit about well-worn paths because that's a big part of what it takes to create a, a significant change and part of what determines how long it will take. But just to tee up this discussion, I was thinking about 
areas where we tend to underestimate the amount of time that it's going to take to reach our goal. Hmm. And I came up with three, Brock, maybe you have more to add to this list, but the three that came to mind were skill acquisition, like we're going to learn a musical instrument or we're going to learn a foreign language or Hmm. something. And we often underestimate how much time it's going to take for us to do that. The second one is habit development. Mm -hmm. Or even more so, habit replacement, right? Mm -hmm. Undoing a bad habit and replacing it with a better habit. And I think this gets reinforced by that myth of the 21 days to to build a habit. Yeah. Wait, isn't it 30? (laughs) No, well, maybe that too. But yeah, this idea that just by repeating a behavior for a certain number of days, you will have established a habit. So skill acquisition, habit development. And then another place where I think we underestimate how much time we need to reach a goal is when we're trying to make significant changes to our body, such as weight loss or more in your ballpark, you know, trying to gain significant amounts of speed or strength or, or muscle tissue or something like that. We, we think it's going to go faster than it does. Yeah. Well, and even some of the, the things, the studies play out that say like, oh yeah, four weeks, you'll have a noticeable difference or you'll have a, a, you'll be able to put on some extra muscle or something like that. But that's in a very measured lab sort of setting where they're actually doing biopsies of the muscle tissue and stuff. And so we see that and think, oh, well, four weeks to get buff. (laughs) Right. I mean, it might be possible to measure some gains in four weeks, but somehow we just jump right to, I'll be done. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, I'll be as jacked as I want to be or as fast as I want to be or as slim as I want to be. Yeah. And I was joking when I said the 30 day thing as well. And obviously the the 21 day myth or the 30 days, or I've even heard as short as 10 days that you can relearn or change a habit. And some of this stuff has been so bastardized from some so much of the science. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of when I was in cognitive behavior therapy as the person being treated, not the not the person doing the treating, I was being treated for a general anxiety disorder. The treatment was only eight weeks, and that was only once per week. And that surprised me when I found that out. But I thought, well, surely I'm I'm a bad enough case that it's going to be longer than than eight weeks, right? But then as the weeks progressed, it became obvious that it actually was going to be only eight weeks, but the goal wasn't to have me cured, quote unquote, at the end of those eight weeks. The The point of those eight weeks was to give me all the tools that I needed to continue the work for, well, frankly, the rest of my life. And I know that now, but at the time there was an awful lot of fear and extra anxiety around the fact that eight weeks didn't seem long enough. But as it turned out, because I learned not to consider myself cured or to look at that as being the end goal, I realized that, you know, over the next, well, it's now been 18 years since I did that cognitive behavior therapy. And uh, my proficiency is still getting bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger. I now consider myself to be a ninja in nipping my anxiety at the in the bud, but by no means cured. And You know, I actually had a call with an old friend of mine who recently went through cognitive behavior therapy to manage a a major event in his life that just recently happened. And and he said he loved CBT. He got a lot out of the, the sessions, 
but he was worried that he wouldn't be able to sustain the work for long enough to actually make it last. And and I think this actually goes back to what you were talking about, Monica, that when we first start doing, like, like you said, number one, the skill acquisition, let's say you're learning a new musical instrument or you're learning a new foreign language or something like that. We When we decide those kind of things and we, we start working on them, we get this initial rush. <laughs> we get really excited and we feel this positivity because we've decided to make a big change. Like we got a gym membership or we signed up for a new diet or we got a new self-help book and we're feeling really positive. And that sense of excitement and positivity that comes with that decision can often lead us to <laughs> compressing our timeline a little bit because we feel so positive and excited. Yeah, I think that initial positivity is focused on our envisioning ourselves at the destination, at the finish line, you know, with those skills on board or with the goal achieved and overlooks, right, just how much work or time or effort or repetition it's going to take to get from where we are now to where we ultimately want to be. Yeah. And then, of course, when that fervor subsides, when we sort of get over that initial, that honeymoon phase, I guess, then unless we really have an eye on that long game, we do start to worry about, like, am I going to be able to keep working on this long enough? Am I ever going to get there? And not having that timeline in place or having a, a realistic timeline can really lead us to, to making some poor decisions. So, mm -hmm. so my friend and I actually talked about how practicing CBT, and the word is right there, I said practicing CBT is, is like doing reps at the gym or running scales on your new instrument. You have to keep practicing, even when your teacher is absent or your therapist or the initial buzz has worn off and you really just don't feel like doing it anymore. If you want to reach that goal, you have to keep working on it. Yeah, I, I love that word practice too. And I love the many ways that we use it. We talk about our yoga practice or our medical practice or, our, <laughs> you know, whatever. And, and what it implies to me is not this um, acquisition of a skill set, you know, like, okay, I've got it, it's mine, but an ongoing relationship with a set of tools. Mm. And when we look at it that way, then for one thing, we're not so impatient to get to the destination because we're buying in from the very beginning. This is going to be an, on a long-term relationship with this set of tools that I'm going to get better and better at using and get more and more benefit from. But right, I'm signing up for a long-term relationship with this. You're signing up for a lifestyle, not a finish line. Right, exactly. Yeah, and I think that these same insights apply just as much to behavioral habits as much as they do to cognitive skills like practicing cognitive behavior therapy. You probably are going to have to repeat a new behavior or a new thought a whole lot of times before they really are truly habitual. You know, you are traditionally the the queen of analogies in this in our partnership here, but I think I came up with a pretty good analogy for forging some new neural pathways between neurons in our brains. Pretty proud of this one. So <laughs> it goes like this. So forming your new neural pathways like creating a new path through this dense forest. It it takes time, it takes persistence, it takes work, often really hard work. Maybe a machete is required. But the good news is that if you keep going for long enough, that new path gets easier and easier to find and easier and easier to follow. And there's an added bonus 
that that old path that you may have been taking through the forest starts to get harder and harder to see and harder and harder to follow as it gets overgrown by the growth again. Ah, by the lack of use, right. Exactly. And that's exactly what goes on in our brains. And it's a nice way to just sort of envision it too. Like, you know, this is going to take some effort, but I'm I'm making this new path and at the same time letting that old one atrophy. Yeah, I think you're right to bring that old path to mind because if you are, and not just the new one that you're creating, because if you're replacing an existing thought or an existing behavior, you have to ask how long have you been repeating and reinforcing that old one? Just how well-groomed is that old path? And so, of course, it's going to be hard to stay on that new, less well-developed, less cleared, less groomed path when that old path is right there waiting for you. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, with the, with the street lights and the you know hand-washing stations and everything. So... Well, yeah. and that's something. Give me a little metaphor. I can take it 10, 10 yards wide. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and that is something that we really forget to to look at too when we're setting those time frames for ourselves and trying to figure out how fast we can we can make a change. Is we forget to look at how long we took to establish the the current normal or that current thought or behavior that we're doing. Exactly. We just want it to be gone and over with. And we really do have to keep that in mind because the more well-worn and developed that old path is, the, the longer we need to set aside to do the work. And in that same way, the bigger the change we're looking to create, the longer we'll need as well, which is why you and I spend so much time in this podcast and in, the, in our coaching in the Wayless program talking about the idea of sustainability. Yeah, sustainability really is important. And of course, we use that word in a lot of different ways. And for some people, it brings up, you know, environmental concerns. Mm. But what we're really talking about here is that if whatever you're doing to produce a certain result doesn't feel sustainable as a long term or even permanent behavior, then there's a really big risk that whatever result you create with it is also going to be temporary. Right. So we, we really are looking for strategies and, and behaviors that we can not just adopt until we achieve a certain thing, but that we can adopt as a permanent new normal so that we can sustain that new result that we create. Did you ever watch the show, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? I did watch a few episodes of that, right. There was one or two episodes where she was turning this handle for 10 seconds because you can do anything for 10 seconds. It doesn't matter how annoying or repetitive or tiresome or, or anything. You can do anything for 10 seconds. I think we're we're taking this to the nth degree. It's like, yeah, sure, you can really do anything for 10 seconds or even 21 days or 30 days. But by moving it into that bigger time frame, it gets a lot more realistic. Kimmy would probably not want to be cranking that crank for a year. <laughs> I don't remember that episode. Hopefully it makes sense anyway. <laughs> but it, this reminds me of um, something else that another one of our um, clients wrote to us. Uh, this is a breakthrough that she had at the end of her first year of working with us because she was feeling at first like she'd only had minimal success. But when she looked back, she realized that her time frame for success was completely out of scale with the size of her goal. Mm. And she wrote, I, I got frustrated because I hadn't completed all of what I wanted to achieve in that first year, because that year seemed so long when I started. Right. But I now see that completing that long-term goal in that short of a time was a ridiculous thought that somehow I was still hanging on to. And through this insight, she was able to shift her perspective in 
some ways that I feel were really important. Number one, of course, she really got at a new level that weighing less or whatever this long, this new state that you're trying to create isn't a project that you're going to complete in a year or really any other time frame. but this is an identity that you are embracing for a lifetime. Hooray, identity. I love it. She also now has a much more realistic timeline for her particular weight loss goals. I mean, one year might have been fine if you wanted to lose 10 pounds or something, but for her, she realized that was she was going to take more time. And now she says, when I look back, one year seems so short now, mm-hmm. you know, for what I'm trying to accomplish. And then there were two other things that I think came out of this insight for her that maybe listeners can borrow for their own for their own support in these long term goals. Once she realized that she has a big goal, which is going to take a long timeline, she started setting smaller intermediate goals. Mm. And I love the way she said this. She said, one step at a time is manageable when I don't pretend I'm a giant. (laughs) I mean, maybe she thought she was taking one step at a time, but her steps were giant steps. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the last thing is that, you know, this shift in perspective allows her to really notice and celebrate her successes along the way. And that was something that you said in the beginning, in the introduction to today's episode, that when we get a better handle on an appropriate time frame for our change, it does make it easier for us to see the very real progress we are making because we're not comparing it against an unrealistic time frame for the final outcome. Yeah, I, I think if everybody thinks back to the the last episode of Change Academy, I was admitting to everyone that I was checking the downloads for my new podcast, Second Wind Fitness, far too often because I just wanted to see... <laughs> nice like, name check. <laughs> yes, uh, thank you. I'm I'm a master marketer, as you, as yeah. you well know. Oh, I know, yes. <laughs> I'm not. That's why she's saying that. But anyway, I, it really makes me made me think of that because even though I know it's going to take months and probably years to even come close to reaching the full potential of this new podcast, my my human nature kicked in and started telling me, well, competing stories, like some of the stories that were coming into my head were, well, maybe this podcast is special. Maybe you'll get lucky this time. And then the other stories were, oh, you'll never succeed. You may as well just quit anyway. And you mm-hmm. know, when it really comes down to it, I, I might get lucky. You, you never know. But the the truth is that the stories that were coming into my head were just impatience in disguise of these <laughs> somewhat rational sounding stories. And I need to kick all of those to the curb and stop thinking about the timeline for success in the short term and, and be able to celebrate the successes along the way, just like our, our weight loss person was talking about. Every time somebody sends me an email and signs up for my newsletter, those are successes that I can I can celebrate along the way and not just wait for that elusive day in the future. One of the things that helps me with that is that when I look forward to achieving a certain level of success, for example, with this podcast or anything else, I have to realize that, right, and then I will still be doing the same thing. I will still yep. be creating this podcast. My, you know, my process and, and will, will continue as it is now. So how much is that ephemeral level of success really going to change about my day-to-day existence? Yeah. Not that much. Not that much. 
I think in a past episode, I I shared with our listeners the express planning model. I don't remember which episode it was, but in case I didn't, it's been a while, or in case you didn't hear that one, the the express planning model is a three step process that when you when you decide to to do something, you can just sort of speed up your 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 planning mode by answering these three questions: What do you want? Why do you want it? And then what's the first step? Now, the next step, if this express planning model got a little more cumbersome and had a fourth step, might be to start just growing some expectations of a timeline. The issue that I see far too often is that we actually start this planning model with, when do I want this by? Instead of, what do I want and why do I want mm. it? We jump right to the deadline. It's like, okay, I've got to, mm. I've got to lose this weight because there's a wedding coming up. So better get, mm-hmm. get cracking or I've been feeling this way for too long. So I need to do this work. I want to be feeling better by next week. Well, and of course, if we start by starting the deadline, then we sort of constrain what's possible. Right. We make bad choices. We, you know, then our answers to, yeah, right. What we want uh, is limited somewhat by that deadline. So I like that idea of starting first with the, you know, what we want, why we want it, and then considering, okay, when could I expect to reach this goal? Or at least start celebrating some successes. Yeah. I think we can sum up kind of this whole idea in another another analogy. Look at me go. I think you can think of this as like doing this type of work can be like starting off on a road trip to somewhere that you've never gone before and you don't have a good map or a GPS trip planner telling you how long it's going to take. You may know the general direction, you hopefully know the general direction you want to go in, and you definitely know the destination you want to arrive at, but in between, you're pretty sure you're going to have to make some turns here and there, but you really have no idea when or where or how long it's going to take you to get there. So sometimes the best choice is to delay setting any expectations until the journey is well underway and you've (laughs) maybe taken the time to go and purchase and review a map at least. (laughs) Yeah. I'm reminded of um, some rookie hiking mistakes that I made early on when I would look at just the mileage of a hike, you know, in a, right. in a guidebook and decide like, yeah, I can do that in two hours or whatever <laughs> yeah. and forget that it's all about the elevation and the terrain, folks. You know, that same two miles can take 30 minutes or two and a half hours, depending right. on what exactly you are covering. Yes, I've turned back in many a hike for that same reason. Oh, I hate to turn back. Poor shoe choices usually. <laughs> oh, happens? yeah, yeah. For sure. But I do I do prefer the circuit hikes to the out and backs. There's something that just feels like covering that same territory twice even though it looks different on the way back. Just something about my personality. I prefer the circle hike. All right. There we know right. something about Monica now. <laughs> yep. All right, here's some takeaways from today's conversation. Uh number 1, I think we all need to reconcile ourselves to the fact that as adults, our brains and our bodies, they're not quite as plastic as they were when we were very young. And so as a result, learning a new skill may take a bit longer than we expect. And that's okay. Number two, even once you have acquired a certain facility with them, new thoughts and new behaviors are still going to need time to become the new normal. And that's especially true if they're replacing very well-worn thoughts or behaviors, those old well-worn paths. Number three, changes that we aren't happy with, such as maybe weight gain or loss of fitness or a decline in our finances, 
These often happen so gradually that we don't actually even notice them or start paying attention to them until they're fairly large. Mm. Reversing them is going to take some time too, especially if we're trying to reverse them in a way that's sustainable. So keep that in mind. How long did it take to get to this situation that you are now trying to reverse? And then finally, your last point, Brock, sometimes the best choice really is to delay setting expectations about when you'll arrive until that journey is well underway. Right. Okay, lab experiment time. So when you feel frustrated by lack of progress, make sure that you assess whether your timeline for success might be unrealistic or at least out of scale with the size of the goal. And specifically, try these three things. Number one, are you expecting to master a complex skill or achieve a big, big goal more quickly than is realistic? Number two, are you expecting to reverse in a few weeks realities that took years and years to create? And number three, are you expecting to root out and replace long-standing behavioral or thought patterns with just a few repetitions of those new patterns? So after thinking this through, you might decide that you need to adjust your tactics in order to accelerate your progress, or you might decide to adjust your timeline for success to match the scale of the project, or maybe you'll do both. Yeah. The point is that you need to take time to consider all of these things before you set your hard and fast timeline deadline. And, you know, I just want to add one more thought as you were saying about it's going to take more than just a few repetitions of a new pattern to replace a longstanding behavior. But even though they don't succeed in creating a new permanent habit, those first few repetitions of a new pattern can be a powerful way, as our client found out, to start to build confidence and trust in your ability to make that bigger long-term sustainable change. So just not to devalue those first few repetitions, just don't stop there. Right. And don't let it skew your, your vision too. Like we were talking about earlier as well, like that excitement, that initial excitement of, well, to go back to my forest analogy, when you start hacking down those trees, it can seem like really exciting and like, oh man, this is only going to take me the afternoon. <laughs> but then of course, after you get a little sweaty and tired, you realize that it's going to take a little bit longer. So, but those first moments are hang on to those and really, really enjoy them because reminding yourself of how that felt can keep you going in the, in the tough times. Yeah, so um, we'd love to hear what you are working on and how you're working on it. Um, why don't you call and leave us a voicemail? Because it's especially fun for us to hear your voice. And you can do that by going to changeacademypodcast.com and clicking on the little link that says, leave us a message. And if you have any great analogies you want to share with us, feel free to leave those as well. We're both big fans of that. All right, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. All right, thanks everyone. This has been the Change Academy podcast with Brock Armstrong and Monica Reinagle. Find notes and the lab experiment at changeacademypodcast.com.